I've had a number of individuals reach out to me lately through our website saying that they are absolutely at the end of their rope as far as their marriage goes. And in fairness, they aren't whining or complaining. Some have been married for decades and the marriage has been very difficult for that entire time. They want out, but their value system tells them it's wrong. So we're going to talk about two critical questions that come up when people are seriously considering ending their marriage. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is designed to help busy couples like yourselves move away from conflict and unhappiness to build a marriage you'll love today and treasure for a lifetime. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Learn how you can help save marriages, prevent divorces, and keep families intact by going to oyf.support. Once again, that website is oyf.support. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Valinda Simone Gundel from Only You Forever. Welcome to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you're looking for. We have a somber podcast for you this week. This is episode number 134, and today we're going to be talking about two questions to think about before you and your marriage. And... By the way, just in case you're wondering, we aren't in the business of helping folks end their marriages. Definitely not. Hey there, before we get started, if you missed last week's episode, we deconstructed the classic line, I'm just not an emotional guy. Sorry guys, somebody had to call you out on that one though. It's worth going back and checking out. Also make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming shows from us. If you're struggling with your marriage, we offer sound research-based advice delivered from a Christian worldview. Okay, let's get into these two questions. All right. What are they? So the first question is, is it ever too late to save the marriage? Okay. Which is an interesting question to try to answer. And the second one is, does divorce or separation ever help personally or the marriage? Like, can that be a way of like, yeah, we need time apart and we'll come back together. Okay. Okay. So on and so forth. Got it. So that's, we're going to kind of focus around those two issues. So let me start by saying that for our listeners who are believers, born-again Christians, we don't intend to get into the divorce and remarriage debate today. We just want to assert that God is pro-marriage and so are we. Mm -hmm. That's the core value that's driving the content of today's episode. That's our mission is to help save marriages, not just save them, but to actually build thriving, passionate marriages or rebuild as the case may be. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for someone who will justify the termination of your marriage for you and make you feel better about that, you'll have to look to other resources. Yeah, we're not the people for that. But having said that too, Verlinda, we're not at all unsympathetic to the profound distress that many of our listeners are experiencing in their marriage. Yes, true. And there are people that do choose to end their marriage and we try to be as non-judgmental about all that as we can because we haven't walked in their shoes. Yeah. And we don't know what that's like. And there are some people that live in brutal circumstances in their marriage. And, you know, I just keep reminding myself, unless I'm willing to take their place and walk in their shoes, why would I criticize them for wanting out of that? Yeah, yeah. But we are just kind of pointing out that our bias up front, what our bias is, right? Which is we want to take you in the direction of healing and recovery for your marriage. So there's a couple of things to look at in this question. One of them is the desire for reconciliation. And I think this speaks to our first question. Is it ever too late to save the marriage? Okay. So a study in 2011 by Doherty et al. interviewed divorcing couples and found that one in four individuals indicated some belief that the marriage could be saved. Even while they're getting a divorce. Yeah. These are divorcing couples. They're in the process. Okay. Only one in nine couples, about 11%, did both spouses have this belief. Still, like, I mean, there's a minority there, but it's there. Mm -hmm. They actually think the marriage can be saved, both of them, but they're still divorcing. 
One third of couples were interested in external reconciliation services. So they wanted to reconcile. Correct. And this data seems to suggest that even as couples go through divorce, a reasonable minority still have some form of hope and some belief that the marriage can be reconciled. Hmm. And so I think if you're in the process of divorcing and you're listening today, I've hoped that you've taken the opportunity to ask this question of your spouse. Do you believe that our marriage could be saved? And So just flat out ask your spouse that. Yeah, if, if you can. Okay. If you get a flat no, then you know where you're at. If you get a yes, it'll probably be a yes if or a yes but. And I would I would say that for that discussion that you're having right then, like don't spiral off into an argument about what was said after the yes, mm, because okay. it's probably about them saying you need to change or yeah. it gets into blame yeah. and you guys go down the road that you always go down, right? But if you want to save your marriage and your spouse believes it's possible, ask them if you can both take that yes and then get some outside help to work on the if or but part, the conditions oh, that follow. Okay. Now, another study from two... What? Do you think we often don't hear that? Like when we get a yes, but, all we hear is what comes after the but. Exactly, because that's everything that's wrong, right? What's wrong with me or what they're saying yeah. is wrong with me usually. Huh. So just take the yes and cling yeah, to it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like split that part off. Can we take just that and, and go run with that for a bit? Right. Cool. Okay. Another study from 2012 interviewed couples going through divorce. The most common reasons for divorce were, quotes here, growing apart. That was 55%. And not being able to talk together, that was 53%. And these factors decreased participants' interest in the idea of reconciliation, as did differences in tastes and financial issues. So reconciliation was less possible when these were major factors. But there were other reasons cited for divorce that actually increased the interest and possibility of reconciliation. One of them was not getting enough attention. So this could be a major reason for divorce. Mm -hmm. But as opposed to the other kind of reason, this one leaves open the possibility of reconciliation to a much greater degree. Because it presumes you still want the attention. Yes. Oh. Problems with the in-laws is a factor that gets cited. That predicted higher interest in the possibility of reconciliation. Hmm. Interestingly, being involved in abuse did not affect the desire to reconcile. Like It didn't go either way on wow. that. But it's interesting that these are all couples going through divorce, but the interest in the possibility of reconciliation is tied to some of the reasons why they are going for a divorce. You follow what I mean So the same reasons. That are leading them to divorce. Give them hope that there's possibility. uh, Interest in the possibility of reconciliation. Okay. Okay. So it's really complex to try to tease all that apart. Yeah. Uh, Just on a sidebar note for abuse, I'd refer you back to episode 125. And you can get that at oif.link slash 125. In that episode, we talk about when to stay or leave an abusive marriage. Okay. And so that's, that's a, a little bit different. kind of a separate issue in a way. Yeah. But for the others, it may be more about the difference between major hurdles, like an affair versus longstanding differences in vision or values, like financial goals versus other presenting issues that have led you to where you are today. But the same study also showed that 26% of couples believe their marriage could still be saved even as they were going through the divorce process. Wow, that's a quarter. Yeah. Wow. I mean, can you imagine if you could take a quarter of the people out of our divorce rate? Yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. I think that what is worth noting is that all of these issues are treatable, if I can put it that way. These issues that are leading to divorce? Yes. Okay. They respond to therapy, right? Okay. You can learn communication skills. You can learn to deal with in-laws. You can go deep on those even financial issues to find the core values driving each of you. And then find ways to honor each other in them, even if they're not perfectly aligned. How can I honor you? How can you honor me? Like when you look at the reasons given, whether they are positive towards reconciliation or even not, 
they're so, yeah. They're treatable. That's what I think. Huh. And so, you know, so, kind of, go ahead. So very rarely is it just like, I'm married to a jerk and so I want to leave. No, sometimes it's, people come to that conclusion because of how they're fighting about these other issues. Huh. But. Wow. I just think that's amazing that like it, it's treatable. You can prevent this. You don't have to get here right. if you get help about these other things. Right. And we'll talk a little bit later on about like, what if it is personality, okay. a major personality issue or something like that, like a disorder. Okay. So again, this question, is it ever too late to save the marriage? And this is where I'm challenging you to think about this, right? Now, Dr. Gottman, uh, who I quote from time to time, he says that when the fondness and admiration, this is what he tells therapists in his manual, okay, which I have, when what he calls the fondness and admiration system in the marriage is completely dead, mm-hmm. not just veiled by long-standing conflict, then you should help the couple figure out how to separate amicably. Okay. So that's his opinion. Yeah. In my opinion, it's only too late to save the marriage when one spouse is dead or remarried. Like I get what he's saying. Yeah. Because when you when you have no warmth, you're kind of wondering, well, where is any motive to come back in? Right. Yes. Yes. But at the same time, the you know, the larger percent of our audience is strong in their faith. Most of them Christian faith, but mm-hmm. we have people from all sorts of faiths listening. Mm-hmm. And they are also held by a commitment to the covenant of marriage, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. that's a backstop, even if your fondness and admiration system is dead. Like if, you know, okay. if that needs to be your starting point, you have less to begin with, but you still have, you know. You still have a, a starting point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You still have a starting point, right? Okay. So in my opinion, it's only too late to save the marriage when one spouse is dead or remarried. Okay. That's when you know for sure. Right. Before then, there's always a question mark. Okay. Always at least a possibility. Some hope. Yeah. Now, having said that, I want to acknowledge again, those that are married to a spouse with a personality disorder or to a sex addict who will not seek treatment or help or to an abusive husband. Mm-hmm. Like those are very severe situations that are very difficult to remediate mm-hmm. or even cope with. And I wouldn't force a person in that situation to stay married, right? Who am I to ask you to do something that has no consequences for me and me have profound consequences for you? Mm-hmm. You have some? Well, I'm just thinking about with this personality disorder. And I agree with you, Caleb, 100%. But I think nowadays it's so easy to like label our spouse. You know, you yeah. look at a website and say, oh, my husband is XYZ. Right. And then you know, and off. your husband isn't actually X, Y, Z. Right. You've just decided to right. read a website and decide that on right. your own. Right. So. I mean, that's totally taking you off of the sidebar. I realize no, that. No, it's but. fair. Like caution is needed there. And even when like these labels do come in, like borderline personality disorder, for example. So I know someone, his marriage failed and then he figured out he had that. Yeah. He has since remarried and they've been happily married for several years. Like he did a lot of therapy in between, right? Right. So there was recovery there for him, not of the first marriage, but personal recovery that led to him being a marryable person. Yeah. If that's a word. Other people that have just found ways to cope through marriages to people with like narcissistic personality disorder Mm -hmm. and they've survived. It Mm -hmm. hasn't always been pleasant or easy, but they've done that. They've held true to their values and there's some meaning for them Uh, in that, right? Yeah. So, but as you say, at the end of the day, it's your decision decision. and it's one to be made very carefully with much prayer and seeking God's will. And what we're going to talk about in the next section too, thinking about whether this actually helps. The other thing too, I would say to folks is, is get advice from trusted people in your life who care more about you than themselves. Okay. Okay. So they care more about how this is going to go for you than, you know, what people will think if they recommended one route or the other. Right. Or how it impacts them. Okay. 
Now, to help you out with all this, for folks that find themselves in the situation, we have a simpler bonus guide this week, but still very valuable. We have three book reviews, and these are books that are specifically written for people whose marriages are at the breaking point. And yet these books are all pro-marriage. So if you're at that breaking point and you're not sure what books might be helpful, you'll definitely want to grab this guide. You can get this by becoming a patron of the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. And we'll just take a quick 60-second break to tell you more about that. What happens when the fairy tale marriage meets reality? Too often, high expectations lead to disappointment, communication breaks down, and the struggles of day-to-day life become overwhelming, leaving you feeling lost and without hope. Unfortunately, marriage does not come with an instruction manual. Marriage troubles are deeply personal and can take a toll on you, your spouse, and your family. Counseling can be expensive and divorce is very costly. It doesn't have to be this way. Caleb and Valinda understand your pain and frustration. Their mission is to help save as many marriages as possible. And to date, thousands of couples are helped through their weekly podcast. But the most important marriage they want to help save is yours. With a minimum of a $10 investment a month, you gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Learn more about saving marriages and how you can help at OYF.support. That's OYF.support. You're listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Before the break, we were talking about the question, is it ever too late to save the marriage? And now our next question is, does divorce or separation ever help? Help the marriage? Yeah. Or even help a person individually. Okay. You may recall back in episode 125, we talked about leaving an abusive marriage. And one of the interesting observations is that wives who come and go in and out of living with an abusive spouse, they fare worse than spouses who make a firm decision to stay or a firm decision to go. Okay. A study from 1984, let me just link this in here. A study from 1984 noted that couples who file divorce, but whose petitions are withdrawn or dismissed report higher rates of psychological distress than control group samples of divorced and married people. Okay. So, and also like when you factor abuse back in, reconciled couples experience high levels of domestic violence and have more serious marital complaints than those who divorce, but are not especially likely to seek professional help about that. So what I'm saying then is that, you know, you have this group of people that go into the divorce process, then come back out. Yeah. And stay reconciled, right? And it doesn't go well. Not always. So I think that waving the divorce stick around is not always helpful. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. what could be concluded from this. And, you know, I hate to say that you need to finish what you start because I don't want people to finish their divorce if there's hope of saving the marriage. But what I hope comes across is that you should not go down the divorce road if you don't have the intention to complete what you start. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, I think so. Let me give you an example from a different circumstance. I don't know if this will help or not. But when I was a kid, I knew a kid who pulled a knife on another kid. Yeah. Now, the kid who pulled the knife he didn't have the intent or even what it takes to actually like knife the other kid. Okay. You know what I mean? But he pulled the knife. And so it was really, it didn't go well. Not that it would have gone well if he knifed him, but it's just don't start something if you're not going to finish it. Because once you're out and waving (laughs) that thing around it, it changes all the dynamics. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So I think it's kind of like that in this case too. Like you're kind of frowning. I just think that's terrible. (laughs) You're talking about kids pulling knives on each other. Like we're talking about reconciling marriages here. I know, but I'm not telling you to actually knife the person, right? (laughs) I'm just saying like waffling may not be in your best interest. Then using this as a threat, if you don't, if you really don't want this, don't use it as a threat. Hmm. We talk about this in a podcast, like way back at the beginning. We did? Yeah. Is it ever okay to say, if you do X, Y, Z, I'm going to divorce you. The ultimatums. Yeah. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so it doesn't like you need to find a, a different way to communicate to your spouse that they and your marriage are very important to you than threatening them. Mm. <gasps> that's good. Is that better than? Oh, that's way better. Than waving waving. In a... <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> All right. So what about separation, though? That's just kind of part of this question, right? Yeah. Oh, just thinking of separation, like I have never seen, and this is just personal experience now, but I've never seen a relationship where the guy moves somewhere to work and like the wife has to, I don't know whether she sells the house or whatever and comes later. Like I've never seen that work. And I'm sure there are instances where it does work. Outside of, can I just make a caveat on that? Like immigration out of like a, in a, a crazy country. Okay. Like there were people back in our small hometown, like where the guy came over from the Philippines, started working at the the big company there, brought his family when he could. Right. Yeah. Okay. But we have run into a number of stuff since we've been doing the podcast where the guy moves like three, four hours away for to, you know, quote unquote, a better life. Yeah. But it turns out being a better life for just him. For him. Yeah. And that doesn't go well. Yeah. But anyways. Anecdotal, but worthy note. Okay. What about separation? Okay. Here's a quote from a study in the 80s. A little older, but hey. The limbo of That's my lifetime, just saying. It's not Um, that old. No, no. Just in terms of research, it's a little (laughs) older. (laughs) All right, go ahead. The limbo of separation is associated with physical and psychological health problems. In fact, even higher rates of physical and psychological distress are reported for the separated than for the divorced or widowed. Really? Yeah, so separation can be a very distressing state to be in. I don't know if couples always realize this. Yeah, but I can kind of understand that because like, if you're widowed, like it's past and you, it's a grief process, you know? And it's I think divorced is do. kind of the same. Yeah. Like it's kind of yeah. a final yeah. thing and then you can grieve. Yeah. Whereas in separation, like you just don't know. It's the unknown. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like my greatest difficulty yeah, no. in life. Yes. All right. So here's some data to think about uh, yeah. because I, I do observe this to be the case too, that separation doesn't often go well. Okay. Okay. Here's data from a 2009 census in the USA. 87% of couples going through a trial separation or living apart end up divorcing. Hmm. Most are divorced by three years from the separation. So most, from that study, most separation ends up in divorce. Okay. One in eight or about that do not, however, which is notable. So, I mean, let's acknowledge that about 12% of the time it's working. Right. Okay. In terms of the marriage coming back together. A study from 94 examined info again from national surveys. One third of women who attempted to reconcile the marriage were still married one year later. They found that, and this is related to separation too, religion has the strongest relationship to successful reconciliation. Okay. Followed by cohabiting before marriage and similarity in age between partners. Okay. Now, a quick note on the cohabiting thing, because we've pointed out in our podcast, and I think it's worth noting that that the divorce rate is much higher yeah. for marriages preceded by cohabiting. Yeah. But I'm wondering if it, in this particular case, it helps sometimes because the cohabiting already has a more fluid nature to the relationship, possibly. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Okay. I'm just being honest with the research and what it's observing. Okay. Okay. Socioeconomic factors like race, income, etc., were not related to success of reconciliation. About one in 10 couples who were married reported having separated for some length of time during their marriage. I kind of found that surprising. 10% of marriages, yeah. We're separated at some point. Uh, A study from 85, again, very recent research. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Interviewed 1,101 married and separated individuals, okay? Mm -hmm. Separations of 48 hours or more were found in one one in six marriages, suggesting that shorter separations resulting from arguments are not uncommon and do not always spell disaster for the marriage. Not that we're suggesting this is a strategy. This is terrible. Well, let me let me put a caution on that then. 
Okay. Because my wife is freaking out. That. Do you want to see me freak out? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go for it. There might be some people listening who are like, yes, do it. <laughs> what does that look like? You don't want to know people. I don't think leaving is a good idea because it really touches an abandonment thing in your marriage that can actually cause like a fracture in your marriage bond. Uh huh. Uh-huh. That is very difficult to repair. So even though there's, you know, this is common and quote unquote, I don't know if it's working, but we're just saying it doesn't, it doesn't always spell, spell disaster. Yeah. So if you've done yeah. this, you know, we forgive you. And because <laughs> it's really, you know, offending us. I just think though, it's Caleb, not recommended. Like, if we had a fight yeah. and you walked out the door. Yeah. And you had no idea where I was. Okay. Or... We have another fight to fight about now. Like, don't you think that would just escalate it? It may for some couple. That's your personality. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> but for other couples, it's like, okay, I need to never do that again. Or we can never go back to that subject, that topic, because I can't take the risk of him leaving. Oh. And now you have like several bricks and a wall between you that oh. nobody's talking about or dealing with. Yeah. So good sidebar, but don't uh, not recommended okay. going down okay. that road. Mm-hmm. Marriages that ended up in divorce were four or five times more likely to have had a separation at some point than okay. other marriages. Than so others, they're, they're yeah. not a sign of healthy marriage. They don't mm-hmm. seem to help. No. I don't think they help. And, and if you do, you know, pull this one on your spouse and my wife finds out you are dead. <laughs> don't say stuff like that. Yeah. She's a marriage hit, hit man, hit woman and <laughs> after hours. Okay. Another uh, very recent study from 1977. Actually, this oh, is a little older. This, this is before my lifetime. The likelihood of any married couple experiencing a separation was found to be nearly 5% in one year. Most separations, they list 77% after lasting about one year end in divorce. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, there's kind of a reflective piece there, which in some, depending which country you're in, you have to live apart for a year before you can get divorced. You have to be separated oh, yeah. before you can get a divorce, okay. right? Yeah. So, you know, chicken and the egg. Study from 2003 examined relationship trajectories in marriage and cohabitation based on national survey results again, looked at the effect of both separating due to discord and separating for other reasons, such as jobs or practical reasons. Overall, here's the quote, our results also indicate that even accounting for reconciliations and living apart for reasons other than discord for the majority of young adults in cohabiting and marital unions, the first separation due to discord signals the permanent dissolution of the relationship. Hmm. This is like going to make me cry. So, uh, okay. Do you need some empathy? No. Nope. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I'm right here. So the, the point though, Verlin, is that the odds are low that you can save the marriage once you reach the separation stage, but it does happen. Mm-hmm. Now, why is this, right? Could be that many couples just use separation as a softer way of splitting up and then divorcing. Like it's easing into it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, even dating couples, I've heard of this before too. Like, oh, we're taking a break and then we'll get together another, like next year. Yeah. And like, that never happens. It's easier than just sending them a text message and dropping them. Text message. <laughs> I was, sorry, Pat, don't send them a text message. <laughs> Time apart makes you more likely to grow apart rather than try mm-hmm. to work collaboratively, or collaboratively on your differences. And then also sometimes couples use separation as a punishment or as a threat rather than actually thinking it'll work. Again, this is the using it punitively. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing from you here now is like, even if you feel like separating, it doesn't usually accomplish what you want it to accomplish. I don't think so. And and if you stop and think about it, like, like, you know, could you sit down and articulate the strategic benefit of separating, like how that's going to move your marriage towards reconciliation? Mm -hmm. So I've heard couples say they need to take time to cool off or whatever. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But what if you took, you know, that strong emotion and turn that towards sorting this out in the presence of someone who is skilled at actually repairing marriages mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than just waiting for it all to die off. And then you're coming back with this Cold. dead embalmed part of your marriage. And parts you can't talk about. And trying to fix it then. Like, oh. I mean, if you, if you like, yeah, write a business plan for your separation. There's a challenge. Like sit down and write out how the business, how it's going to lead you back towards something better. Write that out. Oh, okay. And that's my challenge. I don't think you'll be able to articulate that accurately. Hmm. Okay. So another interesting observation from the research is that a high willingness to forgive increases the likelihood of successful reconciliation. Uh, Forehead smack, dull moment, right? But true enough, right? So this study, it was only three couples, so it was more of a qualitative than a quantitative study, Mm -hmm. but they looked at couples who had divorced and then remarried, and the results indicated that forgiveness was a primary factor. That indicates high marital satisfaction after separation, and it differentiates couples who choose to reconcile following separation or divorce and those who do not. So the aid, if if you have okay. separated, if you have divorced, if this is in your past and you're trying to rebuild that uh, that marriage, mm-hmm. then forgiveness is going to be one of your strongest catalysts. Like really have to learn a study about that, get good at that. Okay. Okay. And what about now, just briefly before we wrap, what if we take the same questions about divorce itself and couples getting back together? So a study from 2009, sorry, this is not about getting back together. It's just looking at, you know, does divorce help? Oh, okay. Does divorce help? A study from 2009 examined the emotional well-being of couples going through divorce over a five-year period. And they found that in no conditions did divorce improve emotional well-being, even if you were unhappy with the marriage. So removing yourself from the unhappiness did not make you happy when Mm. using divorce as a means to do so. Interesting. On some measures of well-being, the divorce actually decreased your overall well-being. Wow. Couples who divorced and then remarried again show no improvement in emotional well-being. So even if your marriage is unhappy, divorce and even finding another spouse doesn't seem to improve your happiness or well-being very much. Right. So don't drink the Kool-Aid that divorce is a ticket to a new happier life. Right. I don't know. I find it doesn't mean stay stuck. It means like do something, but don't do don't necessarily think about doing divorce. Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't mean stay in this unhappy state. Right. Doesn't, I'm not telling, I don't, uh, yeah, sorry. Bottom line is I'm not saying suck it up, stay married. I'm saying like work with what you have already. I mean, you have so much history that you've built together. Maybe children you've created together. Maybe definitely you have memories that you've created together. You did first things that you'll never do first things again. You did that Mm -hmm. together, right? Like there's so much there. Mm -hmm. More than you realize and stuff that's hard to see when you're fighting all the time. But right. Um, I think it's also worth noting for Lynn, and this is from my memory now, that divorce rates in second marriages are higher than in first marriages. Hmm. And I think that this is where the idea of no-fault divorce has really failed society. So the idea that I don't like my car, so I'm going to get a new one, that you know, that works for cars. Right. But it doesn't work nearly as well for spouses. Okay. And of course, I'm sure that everyone thinks they're the exception, but the truth is that three out of five second marriages end in divorce. That's really high. Right. And often people aren't dealing with root issues, right? That's why this yeah. is a problem. So- you have something? I just think though that if you are a couple that has divorce in your history yeah. and are now married, right? Like as you always say, God is a God of redemption. Right. So you don't have to go, oh, we're hooped. No, you want to be right? working hard to be that two out of five. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. In any case, like if your marriage is distressed and you're toying with the idea of divorce, then it's a good signal that now is the time to get yes. help. By the time you're separated or even in the process of divorce, it's really hard to turn that ship around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On the other hand, if you are in the divorce process and there are people that listen to us even while they're in this, you know, note that there are some couples that are able to reconcile. Mm-hmm. Being willing to forgive and really keeping God at the center of what you want to rebuild is key mm-hmm. to that. 
And what helps is, you know, in all these situations is good marriage counseling from a qualified marriage therapist like myself. Like that is my degree. We have certifications in this. You don't want to go to a general therapist. Okay. Read good books, not from anecdotal people, but from people who are experts in marriage. Okay. Go to marriage seminars. Again, not from couples necessarily that, you know, God bless them all are out there, but take this advice from experts, from people who know how to fix this, who work from proven methodologies, right? Okay. There's just so many ways to get help and there's so many alternatives to divorce. Yeah. That's good. All right. That was my soapbox. (laughs) Impassioned plea over. So we'd like to thank those of you who have become patrons between this recording and our previous one, Phil, and then William as well, and our existing patrons that support us every month. We appreciate what you're doing so much to help us make this possible. Yes. And we have another iTunes review, Caleb, since we last recorded. Cool. This is by MC in Texas. Who says, thank you. Great podcast. I was looking for a marriage podcast and find the research very informative and interesting. Thanks for all the information. I will use it in my marriage. I already have and can tell a difference. Sweet. So good on you, MC. That is awesome. Next week, Ferlander, we're talking yeah. about how to help your marriage survive and even thrive during that busy raising young kids stage. That is a very busy stage. Yes. And mm-hmm. it's a lot tougher part of life than most of us let on. And I th- so I think we need to talk about it. That's good. Well, that is all for today's episode. You can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 134 and find out how you can help. Go to oyf.support. Thanks. And we'll see you next week. The Marriage Podcast for Smart People is totally funded by listeners who support Caleb and Valinda in their mission to save marriages. If you would like to be part of this worthy cause, open your web browser to oyf.support. A minimum investment of $10 per month will help restore hope to married couples. Plus, as a patron, you'll gain access to exclusive bonus content and valuable information to help you succeed in your own marriage. Go to the website oyf.support now for more information. Thanks for listening to the Marriage Podcast for Smart People from Only You Forever.